Good morning and welcome. Happy Friday, Patriot Radio News Hour. A gorgeous, gorgeous day. You know what? Get ready for me to say that for the next, I don't know, five or six months. And another gorgeous day here in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, it is Friday, so congratulations. We've all made it to the end of the week in another wild and crazy week we got all kinds of stuff to talk about it it's fake news friday as well uh got jobs numbers wage numbers uh trade deal no trade deal what else uh, we oh silver oh you know what it may be time well i told you yesterday now i didn't know this uh, i'll be in fairness i didn't know what i know today yesterday uh but get ready uh, well, I guess maybe it was Wednesday, the Silver Spectacular sale. All you silver bugs uh, at the at the halfway point, uh, we're going to talk about is there a silver deficit? Uh, so you're not going to want to miss that as well. Uh, uh, you know, high school football playoffs are going. Uh, my son's team is... Uh, they're the three seed this year. Uh, got a home playoff game tonight, so we're excited about that. Got all kinds of things going on. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. The website at allamericangold.com. Uh, a quick reminder. I think Sunday night, Monday morning, the clocks change. And, and we live in Arizona, so, you know, we're the... Uh, in, quite honestly we're the only ones that do it right which is we don't you know we don't change the clocks and i wish that everybody would just go to that you know enough already right i think they set that up uh back for an agricultural reason i don't know don't want to know but on monday for those of you that listen to us live in colorado we'll be on at nine so right now, Arizona and California are on the same time, and Colorado's an hour ahead. Starting on Monday, Colorado and Arizona will be on the same time, and California will be an hour behind. Uh, so just a, just a note, starting Monday, we'll be on at 9 a.m. in Colorado. Right now we're on at 10 a.m. We're on live uh, at 10, 9 a.m. Arizona time, 10 o'clock Colorado time on Monday. Both shows be on at 9. So Arizona, just do your thing, right? That's the great. Hey, just do your thing. Everybody else, uh, that's what's going on. Wanted to at least bring that up uh, this morning. I'll tell you what I have. There's this place on Deer Valley, and they make these breakfast burritos, and I sure like them. And uh, let's just say, you know what? They they don't agree with me, but they taste so good, right? You you know those. <laughs> I don't. Why I'm telling you is I don't. I had one this morning. That's why I'm telling you. I know why I'm telling you. So, uh, and and but they're so good. And, and I just I'm like you know what you know it's it's, it's Friday. I'm gonna do it to myself anyway. Uh, so uh, if there's a long pause, it's because of a a, a it, well a long and you're like wow that's a weird place to pause. It's probably just the breakfast burrito here on a Friday. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Arlene's looking at me. Yeah, Ajita, <laughs> there you go. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, we had the jobs, the government jobs number out. We had wages out, and it was it was it was good. Unfortunately, and I know I want it to be good. I do, but it's not. The headlines 
aren't what they appear. And I and I hate to say that, uh, but it's true. Uh, but if you took uh, all, I, I don't even know what month it was. Last month's jobs and this month's jobs, so September and October, and you combine the two. Uh, by the way, the number, I, I probably should tell you the number, 250,000 jobs. But last month, they, they, they lowered last, really low number last month, they lowered it even farther, 118 uh, last month. So if you combine the two, they came out to like 180-something, you know, which is what the number, they always say the number is. So when you, you combine the two months, it it, uh, it it washed out in the wash. You know, they uh, maybe there was some hurricane stuff. I don't know. But but either way, uh, and then the wage thing, right? They're, they're all happy about, oh, look at this great wage number. I mean, everybody's just raking it in. I hate this. I mean, and again, it's good. Yeah, three. I think there was 3% wage growth year over year. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't really mean you made 3% more. It, it had to do with, believe it or not, some seasonality. It was a paper 3%. I don't know how that works, right? And again, why can't we just use real data? I mean, I, I get it. I got it. Like way back when in the olden days, you know, the 70s and the 80s and the 90s before computers, that, you know, people had to do it by hand. So I got that, hey, you know, we're going to have to kind of take a swag at it. You know, and then uh, later we'll get you a better number. Right, that that made sense. We got computers now. They can do a kabillion transactions a second. We don't need to seasonally adjust stuff anymore. <laughs> we don't need it. But anyway, so yes, you know, and you hear what's the funny part. And I, and I thought it was odd because for the last few days I've been hearing them talk about this wage dumper. Like they already knew it was going to be a good dumper. And I couldn't figure it out. And then today, someone someone let the cat out of the bag. That you know, here's why we all knew because we knew that there was this big adjustment and uh, something about the calendar and the seasonality thing. And, and 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 I immediately lost interest. But nonetheless, that was the big economic data of the day. Uh, the president kind of led us to believe that maybe the Chinese, that there's going to be a break in the trade war with China and then they kind of walked it back. I don't know, but I do know this. We're going to, I hope that we don't, but I think we will. We're going to have to soften our stance because China's not going to do anything. You know, and I've been saying that for a long time. Uh, Neither here nor there. Dow's down 150 points. Gold and silver are mixed. Fake news Friday when we return. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the others? Before I finish my song. From News Headquarters, this is Fake News Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What is real? How do you define real? Fake news Friday. Fake, 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 fake. Fake news Friday. Uh, I I will say this. So if you don't know how it works, very simply, 
Jason joins us. Of course, Jason, who does our afternoon show in Colorado, uh, and me and him, we try to determine all three, all the stories we do are actually all real, which is, and, and part of it, when we, when we tell you them, you would think that all of them should be fake, they, but they're not. And then what we do is, is our buddy Glenn, he actually will, the professor, takes one of the real story and then puts something in it that is fake. And then me and Jason got to figure out uh, which one of them that there there is? We may make some changes to this segment. It's getting a little long. I got I got an email from Brooke. She's concerned about Jason's mental health uh, because he never wins, and, and kind of asked me if I'd throw him a bone. And uh, we'll see. I I don't know. But uh, Jason, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. And I did want to add one thing. Uh, for the Colorado listeners, just a reminder, uh, the time change is happening, and our and Joe's show is not going to be at 10 a.m. in Colorado. It's going to be at 9 a.m., so make sure to remember that on Monday. Right, but your show doesn't move. We'll stay at 3 o'clock here, and uh, for anybody in Arizona who wants to stream us in, that'll, that'll be 2 p.m. your time in Arizona. So the clock change doesn't affect, no, it would be 3 o'clock. Your show will move for the Arizona people, because now you'll be, we'll be on... Uh, at, you'll be on at three o'clock here as well, correct? Yes, yeah, that that's correct. You're right. Yeah, okay. See, that's why I win the fake news stuff too. That, that so, actually sounds yeah. like the first fake news story because right. I'm I ha- already up one nothing. Yeah, I, I don't understand anything <laughs> you just said right now. <laughs> All right. All right, Ramon, we're ready. Let the games begin. Story number one: Barbara Streisand said in an interview that if the Democrats don't at least win back the House next week's elections, she's considering moving to Canada. Well, we've heard that one before. That means we got to get that out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but does Canada want her? That's the I, other I, you know, All these people, they're all liars, you know, all those liberals. This is like the 80th person to threaten to leave. They never leave. People needing people. Didn't that, isn't that what she sang before? They're most wonderful people in the world. People. No, I won't say it. I'm not good at it. My yes. wife has retold me a multitude of times. <laughs> no singing, at least on the air. Uh, she says she wants to sleep at night, and if the, uh, we take the house, I'll be able to sleep a little bit better. I've been thinking about it. I, I don't want to move to Canada. I don't know. I'm just saddened by this thing happening to our country. That's Barbara Streisand. Story number one. Uh, story number two, uh, Barack and Michelle Obama are working on an anti-Trump Netflix show. The new show will be, um, they're going to show the Obamas as the heroes and the incoming Trump administration as bumbling rookies. The Obamas have acquired the rights to adapt Michael Lewis's book, The Fifth Risk, as a part of their overall deal with Netflix. Uh, Lewis's book describes the disorder with the Department of Agriculture, Department of Energy, Department of Commerce that took place during the transition between the Obama administration and the Trump administration. Many of the new president's appointees were completely unprepared for their jobs and some roles weren't filled at all. As the book describes, the possible series adaptation would then be intended to help people better understand the inner workings of the government. Good luck on that. Uh, story number three uh, is called I Bought Used Voting Machines on eBay for $100 a piece. What I found was alarming. Now, this was written by Anonymous in Wired Magazine. Uh, 
The aim in purchasing voting machines was not to undermine our democracy. I'm a security researcher who started buying machines as part of an ongoing effort to identify their vulnerabilities, strengthen the election security. Uh, What he did was, I reverse engineered the machines to understand how they could be manipulated. After removing the internal hard drive, I was able to access the file structure and operating system. Since the machines were not wiped after they were used in the 2012 presidential election, I got a great deal of insight in how the machines store the votes and uh, where they were cast on the machine. Within hours, I was able to change the candidates' names to be that of anyone I wanted. Uh, He also said, I was able to convince the local election board that this machine was sent out for repair and I was returning it for use in the 2018 midterm elections at my local precinct. I pre-programmed the machine not only to register one gubernatorial candidate, no matter which one was chosen, on the ballot. I can't wait to see the results in my local election. So that's story number three. And uh, let's see. Let's give uh, let's give Jason Jason a shot here. <laughs> well, these uh, these three stories. I mean, what a sad uh, state of affairs <laughs> our country's in. Uh, Barbara Streisand. I'm a, I'm a heavy metal fan myself. I I don't want to hear her politics, and I really don't want to hear her singing at all. Uh, the Obama thing, I believe that to be true, but with with Glenn uh, changing things up, I'm I'm. Th- I think you know, the election rigging machines is true too. So I, this is a hard one for me, but I think he, I think the adjustment is in the uh, the Obama story. I'm going to tell you that that's the fake one, number two. All right, story number two. All right, Joe, let's hear a little Barbara Streisand singing. Let's go. Well, let, let, let's just say this. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with Jason one thousand percent with Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. And again, you know what? Stick to acting and singing. Apparently, people have told me she's good at those things. And and. Uh, so, and, and yes, like all the other uh, singer-actors out there, they all threaten to move to Canada. They never do, but I believe she'd say that. Uh, I actually uh, believe the whole Obama thing, too. Cause they, uh, and again, I'm not sure what everyone's that upset about. Mm-hmm. Is it the fact that, I mean, the economy is better. I could get it if people were like, "This is ridiculous!" All the deficit spending and all the, you know, all that. I could get that part. I'm, I'm not sure about anything else, uh, but I actually believe that. And, and the voting machine thing, obviously, I think, and again, like I said in the uh, prior to the segment beginning, all of these are true. It's just a detail that isn't. And and for me, I think that there's some fake detail in the voting machine uh, story, so I'm going to say it's that one. All right, so, Joe, you say uh, story number three, the... Uh voting machines. Well, Joe, you are correct, sir. Is anybody <laughs> surprised? The actual part of the, the story is uh, is uh, true right up to the point where he returned the machine Bingo. into the midterm elections. He, he was not he did not do that. That was that was a little that, add-on. Was, actually, you know what? That was the reason why I thought it was going to be that one. I just didn't say it this time, but I'll declare it next time. Let us uh, let us let us into the uh, to the mind of Joe and your deductive reasonings. No one wants to be in there. My uh. wife has told me this <laughs> a lot of times. Well, you know what? I was also sent a, a, a clip about that as well. Hold on one moment. Here is one of those electronic voting dealies. 
One vote for McCain. Thank you. <laughs> no, I want to vote for Obama. Two votes for McCain. <laughs> Come on, it's time for a change. Three votes for McCain. No, no, no! Six votes for President McCain. Hey, I only meant one of those votes for McCain. <gasps> this machine is rigged! <laughs> Thank you, Glenn, for sending that on down the road there. Jason, I just... Uh, by the way... I, I made up the part about Brooke calling me about your mental health. <laughs> well, you, she, she actually knows that you're a whack job anyway, and <laughs> apparently you're used to losing to her and Jack at family game night, and and so this is just an extension of that. Let's get back to work here, shall we? I'm ready. Story number one for round number two. Well, over half of the world's population of fish to birds to mammals have been wiped out in the past four decades, says a new report from World Wildlife Fund. Between 1970 and 2014, there were 60% decline on average among 16,000 wildlife populations from around the world, according to a 2018 edition of the Living Planet Report released Monday. We've had a loss of nearly two-thirds on average of our wild species, and the magnitude of that should be eye-opening, and we are reaching the point where we are likely to see species go extinct. Now, it was blamed on large areas of plastic waste in the world's oceans, radiating radiation from uh, nuclear reactors and governments using chemical trails to manipulate the weather in some parts of the world for the decline of global species. Okay, story number two. A peculiar cloud has been spotted on Mars and is currently believed that it is made of water, ice, and is part of a seasonal pattern of clouds that appear around this time every year. According to a press release, the cloud's appearance varies throughout the uh, Martian. It's on Mars. Uh, growing, uh, growing length through the local morning downwind of the volcano. So there's a big cloud on Mars and apparently it's been uh, photographed and it's uh, wow, 1,500 kilometers. So that's, uh, that's quite a cloud. Not a not a haboob by any way, shape, or form, but doggone. Uh, story number three. Sears once offered mail-order tombstones in 1906. The company had a specialized tombstones and monuments mailer advertising a catalog of memorial art in granite and marble. Sears prices beat out the traditional funeral parlors and allowed customers to participate in the elite practice of custom ordering grave markers and they would go directly from the quarry to the cemetery. The prices were as low as $8.60. So there we go. I had uh, story number one. Uh, all kinds of birds and things are getting wiped out because of apparently plastic straws from Starbucks. Story number two, big fat cloud on Mars. And uh, number three, Sears. At one time, offered tombstones. All the right, let's. would have stayed in that business. Yeah, <laughs> they probably could still be in business. Now they're making their own tombstone. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, I'm going to go with story number one. All right. And I have no great commentary because I know we're pressed for time. Mm. But story number one. All right. And now, Jason. Yeah, that's what I was going to go with. So if I would have guessed first, I would have done one. I, uh, there was a little bit at the end with the chemtrails. I'm guessing that's the add-on. So I think number one is the fake one. Plus, I don't believe those numbers anyways. Let's see. You have story number one as well. You both are correct on this one, but that makes Joe 
the winner. Yeah, that story number one is is true is true up to the point where blaming the oceans on plastics and uh, nuclear radiation and so forth and so on and Chernobyl and Starbucks plastic straws. Gotcha, gotcha. Was that your reasoning, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? There was a lot of detail to that one, and so I'm figuring, okay, that was the uh, and I'm like Jason. It's, it's yeah, plastic straws are the enemy, and chemtrails, and all that other stuff. So, uh, once again, though, the the real mm-hmm. story here is that I've won again. You have indeed, sir. <laughs> You've won again. So, we- just like game night at Jason's house, he is the loser. I take I it. I am the winner. Jason, I guess, uh, thank you for playing. There are no parting gifts. But when we get back, we're going to get to it. We got a, uh, all you silver guys out there. The next two segments are for you. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Judicial activism has run amok, and judges are now legislating from the bench, completely without accountability or consequences. Republicans must look for guidance to the roots of our party 160 years ago, when it rose from obscurity by criticizing the judicial activism of the infamous Dred Scott decision. Abraham Lincoln was a political loser until he started hammering the popular Stephen Douglas about that ruling, which tried to extend a pro-slavery view nationwide. Stephen Douglas was a skilled attorney and orator. He tried to seek a middle ground between the pro-slavery federal court system and a populace that was increasingly fed up with judicial supremacy. Douglas finally lost his credibility when he could not give coherent answers to questions posed by Lincoln in Freeport, Illinois, about what the full import of the Dred Scott decision would be. When one branch of government oversteps its power, the remedy under our Constitution is for the other branches of government to push back or refuse to comply, as many presidents and congresses have done throughout our history. In his first inaugural address, Abraham Lincoln repudiated the Dred Scott decision as wrong and declared that it was not binding on the other branches of government or on anyone who was not a party to that case. The Republican Party platform of 1860 objected to how Democrats were imposing their agenda through the use of the federal courts in matters of a purely local interest. By standing up against the abuse of power by federal courts, Republicans quickly became the majority party. Conservatives must take a lesson from our forefathers if we are to successfully battle this wave of judicial supremacy by the federal courts. We need legislators with solid backbones to hold these power-grabbing judges in line. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Can activist judges be stopped, or will they continue to overturn laws with no regard for the Constitution or the will of the people? Connect with us at phyllisschlafly.com to hear alerts on rulings made by never-elected supremacist judges and to share your viewpoint. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800 
that is our toll-free number. We, we've talked a lot about my least favorite metal. And I make no bones about it. I'm not a silver guy. I, you know, now, having said that, everyone's got to have some. Because, you know, I'm hoping everything is orderly, right? We, we would like an orderly transition from the Federal Reserve note to whatever this new currency is going to be, and, you know, speculate in some form of an electronic Fed credit, right, and getting rid of cash and all that stuff. And and here's the thing. I used to believe that this was something, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now. I think we're, we got in the next 10. Because these debts, I, I know how to do math. Do yourself a favor. Be prepared. That's all I'm going to say. Be a Boy Scout. Be prepared. Now, we've talked a lot about how silver is underperformed. Remember the Halloween story? Silver's the little brother, and it wandered away. It got away from Big Brother and was walking behind, and somebody jumped out of the ditch and stole its Halloween candy. And when you're talking about uh, silver, I, I told everybody on Halloween, 2019 is going to be the year of silver. Gold's going to do real well, too, but silver's going to do even better. There was a great interview done uh, talking about where are we with silver supply. I know, and I follow this closely, miners have been shutting down, miners have been laying off, and that silver uh, production was going to essentially be the cause of what is going to drive that silver price back up. Uh, there was a great interview uh, with Kitco. Uh, Ramon, let's start playing it. It's one of the longest ongoing debates in the precious metals industry. Is there a deficit of silver or not? My guest today is Keith Newmeyer. He is the CEO of First Majestic, and he joins me on the sidelines of the San Francisco Silver and Gold Summit. How fitting to talk about this with you here today. Keith, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks, Danielle, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, well, so am I, because I have had guests on both sides of this debate. Many of which I've seen. (laughs) Are we in a a silver deficit or not? Um, I'm pretty sure I know uh, where you sit on this, but but how do you see it? Are Uh, we in a silver crunch? You know, a crunch, I'm not sure. Um, uh, you know, but I think from a supply-demand fundamental basis, we're in a very unique place in the marketplace. And don't forget, First Majestic is a member of the Silver Institute, and the Silver Institute does publish annual numbers, and, and these annual numbers show that the miners, you know, globally, all miners, uh, produced 800 million ounces of silver in 2017, and the same report shows that there's a billion ounces of consumption. So that tells me there's a 200 million ounce deficit. I'm not sure why people would argue against that. But what these the analysts do, because you can't technically have a deficit, so the silver has to come from somewhere. So so they plug it in and they make up numbers. So they you know they, no one knows uh, how much silver is being recycled. You know no no one knows how much silver is going through the refineries because you, you talk to a refinery and they keep this information very very tight and they won't tell you how much gold or silver they're refining because they don't talk about but it. But as a producer, you're obviously seeing numbers mm-hmm. from, from your own company. So. So from what you're seeing, you're making this assessment. Right. 
And we've never had a, a problem selling silver at any price, uh, whatever the world market for the silver is. Uh, uh, but just based on the numbers, you know, supply-demand, it, it shows quite clearly that there is a deficit. So I guess if I had to, to play the role of, you know, debating this from the other side, you know, people would say, well, 70% of silver is mined as a byproduct of base metals. Yeah, for sure. But what's that got to do with anything? Well, arguing the fact that there's no shortage of but silver. But it's still counted. That 800 million ounces of world production is from those mines. Uh, you, our, you know, our production, even though it's a pure, uh, much more pure company, mostly uh, uh, most of the silver or the revenue comes from the price of silver. But it's still, it's all counted. It does, so I right don't quite. So, so one of the things. So, so there was a big silver surplus. There was, and the uh, and according to First Majestic. Who, who is on, you know, they sit on the council that tracks all mine supply. And, and one of the things of uneducated, and people that are uneducated on this, well, you know, that's, you know, there's other mines out there that, that produce gold or they produce platinum or copper and they've got silver as a byproduct. First Majestic's like, yeah, mo- actually pretty much the vast majority of mines in the world have a byproduct. The vast majority, not all of them, but the vast majority of them do. And simply what he's saying is all that's counted. All the silver mine, all of it, 800 million ounces. Right? There was a, there was a huge shortfall between what demand was and what the supply was coming out of the mine. Now, is there scrap silver out there? Sure. But to his point, nobody, right? They just are, are guessing at what that number is and where all this other silver is. But this is a, I will tell you right now, this was a huge change in the supply picture of silver from where it was two years ago to today. Two years ago, we were, the, the, the supply from the, just from the mines was exceeding demand. So we've come a long way. Ramon, go ahead and, and, and keep playing. Understand the uh, argument. How about when people talk about, do you think that there's confusion when people talk about when we see a, a silver crunch on physical metal? I think there has to be a differentiation there, right? Like when we are seeing a, a deficit on you know coins and bars versus silver that's mined. Yeah, that's a totally different argument. Uh, you know, they, they, there's only so much, um, so many mints around the world, and they only have capacity for so much production of, of silver, silver coins for investment purposes. The investment industry for silver is actually quite small. It's only it fluctuates between ten and fifteen percent of the market. So, in an eight hundred million ounce market, you know, you're you're you know, it's not a lot of ounces. You know, the solar panel industry consumed ninety million ounces of silver uh, in twenty seventeen, which is more than what the investment demand was. So here's the big question. So if we are in a silver deficit, why isn't the price higher? You know, it's all sentiment driven. Now, you know, the, the, the whole move in 2016 that we saw was all headline driven, all rate driven. Uh, the, the move we're seeing now, the negative move over the last few months, has got to do with the slowing of China. Uh, you know, there's shorting the EM markets. Uh, so this, this trade that all the hedge funds have on right now is buying U.S. equities, buying the U.S. dollar, and anything on the other side of that trade is the metals, of course, and the miners, and, and emerging markets. So that's a trade. We're coming up on the break, so we'll pick it up uh, on the other side. We'll have some comments about the trade. 
what's the trade going to be for 2019, uh, which is really going to be what we're going to be looking for. That's all coming up next. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. 800-951-0592. So First Majestic CEO. And again, these are First Majestic is a very important player in silver because their mines are silver mines. And yet, do they have some byproduct? Yes. But what they do is silver uh, versus a lot of the other guys out there who, hey, we do copper, but we get silver with it, or we do gold and we get silver with it. Uh, these guys are a major silver player. Talk to them, so first, he, he says, hey, listen, I'm not calling it a crunch, at least not yet. But there is no doubt. There is now a supply deficit in silver. Then they said, why hasn't the price rose? Why hasn't it risen? And, of course, he said this is all headline-driven, right? We've had this big dollar rally. We've talked about it here, right? And so everything that's the opposite of that and precious metal falls into that has gotten hit. But don't count on that to last. Then he talked about silver investment demand and says, hey, you know, it goes up, it goes down. But that's not a real big piece of, of actual silver consumption. And remember, we talk about this a lot. Silver is an industrial metal. Yes, it has monetary qualities with it. But it's primarily used in industry. Like he said, hey, solar panels alone is way more. Way more than the investment of, you know, silver coins. Uh, but let's let's finish with, because he, he makes some other startling re- revelations of why I think silver's going to be well-positioned going into next year. Ramon, let's finish with First Majestic. You know, Keith, this debate has really been going on probably since 1998. So why do you think there even is a debate? What's the, do you think there's something bigger behind it is what I'm trying to get well, at? Well, I think... Yeah, I think you you hit it on the, uh, the the nail on the head right there. You know why? Because people are trying to look for uh, for a reason why silver is trading where it's trading. Because if because all the fundamentals would would show that silver should be trading a much higher price than it is currently today, but it's not. So people conclude, well, it's not. There must be a lot of silver around. And it's the wrong conclusion. Some well-known, I guess, experts in our industry coming out with very bearish uh, forecasts for silver. Marin Cantuza earlier saying he could, you know, he's not ruling out $10 silver. Uh, you know, so as a silver producer, as the CEO of a major silver company, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you maintain optimism through these times? Well, you know, I've, I've had a thesis on silver, you know, going back to when I put the company together. You know, and silver's not really that bad priced right now. You know, it's, it's $15 thereabouts. It's, it's not great. Um, um, you know, we're, you know, we are struggling, or at least a couple of our mines, but we've got two mines that are spinning off a ton of cash right, right now. So, so we're okay. You know, of course, I've like $20 silver or higher. And for every dollar silver for us, it's $30 million in revenue. So it's a, it's a big number for us. So no, we, we have to be very nimble, uh, in our decision making. Uh, you know, we're doing, unfortunately, some layoffs right now. Uh, we're doing some cutbacks right now. Uh, you know, we came into 2018 with $18 silver, and no, no one would have thought that uh, you know, we'd be at 14.50 right now. So we just have to be very nimble and yeah. uh, you know wait for better times, and they'll they'll come. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll turn around soon. As we know, uh, when silver moves, it moves very quickly. So I 
wanted to really highlight what he said. They've got two mines that can make money at fourteen fifty, but that's it. And did you hear the other part? We're still laying off. In other words, the supply side, and, and it's not just First Majestic. This is going to be all the major silver. They're still laying off, which means the mine supply, again, is going to continue to head down while we're already in a silver deficit. So I, I, I think... All of these things, you know, when he went on and he talked about the rest of it, he talked about the ratio of 85 ounces and how uh, that never lasts and all of these other things. But I think what you, you get the gist. Two years ago, yes, there was a surplus. That surplus is gone. Anything that they're being made up today, right, has come out of some stuff that had been previously mined, and that's running out. And look for the mine supply to head even lower. We're still laying off. But we've only got two mines that can actually make money at fourteen fifty. So we're looking for a much higher silver price. Uh, matter of fact, silver is actually up again today, uh, right, right, right at uh, between fourteen seventy-five, fourteen dollars and eighty cents. Uh, we've been stockpiling silver. I've been stockpiling it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I just got yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, uh, another couple of cases that I'd bought in somewhere else finally landed here. So now I've got I've got back date silver eagles. I've got some in Colorado. I've got some here. Matter of fact, we we probably got three to four cases today, which is the most we've had in a long time. Uh, back date. Silver Eagles, $360 a roll. And like I said, we got almost four cases. We're just, we're, we're like one roll short of four cases of silver. So that's, that's what, uh, about 99 rolls of backdate silver. Listen, jump on it. You know, he talked about, hey, we started the year at about $18 silver. Nobody, nobody in the silver mining industry could imagine the price where it is today. And talking about being nimble, everyone's laid off. Mine supply has shrunk dramatically. I, I'm expecting a huge, and by the way, I think dollar is done, right? This, this we, We've had a massive move in the dollar this year. I think the move for, for next year is kind of going back towards where we were Last when we started, last remember we started uh, a year ago. You know the dollar was in the 80s. It's crested here at 97, uh, and, and I look for a reversal there. We have, uh, you know, we ran all of those Morgan Peace dollars at cost and below cost. Uh, there's only fragments left, and I want to get rid of them as well. I've got, uh, you know what? Here I hear the music. I'll tell you what we've got. We've only got two. Graded uh, one piece dollar, one Morgan dollar, and that's it. Plus these backdate Silver Eagles. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The Dow's now down two fifty and picking up steam. Uh, apparently, there is no deal with China. Uh, Larry Kudlow just came out. Matter of fact, said they're less optimistic now uh, that there is no deal. The president did not ask for some something to be drawn up uh said that they could be imposing more tariffs 
not optim as optimistic as before on a deal. So I'm I'm not I don't know. This is all just breaking right now. Uh, it you know the president sounded an optimistic tone this morning, and uh, I don't know if maybe there was a phone call or or what, but apparently uh, something's changed. Uh, plus, we had bad numbers out of Apple. Uh, and then we had a good jobs number, but kind of taken in context, it was just in line uh, right now. So the Dow's down now 270, 280, uh, picking up steam here uh, as we watch uh, silver's higher uh, and gold's looking like it's coming back to even as well. Gold's at $1,235 right now. Uh, I've got it down three. I think Kitco's got it down two. I'm not sure. Uh, gold uh, or silver now, $14.80. Uh, we got 99 rolls of backdate silver eagles at 360 we do have some 2018 silver eagles uh if you want those and, and we can get those in quantity as well but i know in colorado we have them live up there at 370 we have i want to say 10 ms 64 piece dollars left in between and i think they're all in phoenix colorado i think's out they're 37 dollars. somebody help me out let's get rid of them that's below cost two dollars below cost uh, on the peace dollars, MS-64 peace dollars at 37 And then we've got 30 of the MS-63 Morgan dollars. And those are at $50. Uh, the MS-64 Morgan, I think, were, were sold out. I, 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 I know that for a fact. We're out of those, at least in Colorado. And I, I don't know that I have any either. Uh, so we've got three different silver items. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is, uh, by the way, I don't know if you saw Platinum again. Yeah, plat Platinum up another uh, another dozen today. I feel very, very strong. And I know I've liked silver for a while, but now I'm, I'm real confident. We're getting ready. Uh, little brother is going to make a big move here, get involved, uh, rolls the Silver Eagles 360, the 10 remaining 64-piece dollars at $37. And then we got about 30 of the MS-63 Morgans, and all of those pre-21. All of the Morgans are pre-21s. Every one of them, matter of fact, I want to say they're all O's and S's, which is the New Orleans Mint, San Francisco Mint, uh, which is like 1880, 1881, 83, 85, stuff like that. Uh, those are at $50, 800-951-0592. Uh, we didn't get to a lot of things that I wanted to get to today. It's tough with the fake news Friday stuff. When we return on Monday, uh, another major U.S. city now joining the likes of Chicago in the state of Illinois, having a now a seemingly huge pension problem all of a sudden, and now talking about maybe we need to file bankruptcy. I'll tell you who that city is on Monday, as well as uh, bad news coming, layoffs coming now. General Motors uh, announcing that it is going to stop retooling several plants in the United States and is offering buyouts now to over 18,000 people for doing the same thing. We'll bring that all up to speed for you uh, next week. But today, U.S. Silver Eagles. You just heard from the CEO of First Majestic. There's no doubt there's a silver shortage. No matter how you do the math, 
and he expects a much higher price. 800-951-0592. Take the Radio News Hour. Everybody enjoy your weekend. We'll be back on Monday.